Hello, hello, 6 a.m. run community. It is me, Hami Mahani, here with you guys. Man, we're probably now into our high 20s, maybe even early 30s episodes that this is recording. I really want to thank all of you guys for listening, whether it's on your runs, whether it's in your cars. The community really is helping this podcast grow. And I'm kind of, I've said this before, I'll say it again, taking you guys on this kind of, I call it like a Hami learning journey. I'm learning a lot, meeting a lot of great people. And I kind of have always, one thing I've always done is I've put myself in the community's kind of shoes. What do I think 6am run nerds want to see and do? And, and that's the guest I'm inviting. So I'm really excited. This next guest has really been influential in what he does, his profile and why I asked him to be on this show. You're going to see here in a little bit, but let's get right to it. Let's welcome Frank Titus from Titus Motion Therapy. Frank, how are you today? Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Awesome. How are you doing? Busy boy. Busy, but in a good way, right? Like I think, here's the thing. Is it busy when you're doing what you love no. 24 hours a day? No. And I love it. So yeah, I, don't, I don't have to go to work a day in my life. That's how I feel. Now I have tasks I got to get done every day, but I don't mind doing them. That's correct. Frank, I always say to our guests, hype yourself up. Why is Frank Titus the man to talk to this community? Well, I, I would say, first of all, you need to quit saying, um, the first thing I would say is very humbly, it sounds braggadocious, but I've created a method that is 95% successful for getting people out of pain who are scheduled for surgery and they wow. don't need surgery. I have uh, done that over the last 30 years and my own aches and pains got me to that position. And I've been able to work on people in, I would say all continents, except I don't think I'm in Antarctica yet, but uh, 22 countries. And I do it virtually. As you know, the virus, I think, brought a lot of information about that aspect to a lot of people. And it is definitely the way, you know, I, I think the way the future is going. And like these podcasts, just things that people can get quick little information bits, but then also, they can get treatment in many different aspects of, of wellness virtually. With that being said, do you think the virus, one of the things we preached, we didn't take a side, but we said, look, the only thing you can do at this moment is focus on your physical fitness, right? Your health. Do you think everyone, regardless of us saying that, do you think people, I, I curse a little bit, Frank, so forgive me. Do you think people, when the virus came out, had a, oh shit moment, I better get healthy? No. Okay. <laughs> I think the overall answer is no. I do think that people, I think that they were, they were brought about into a situation where they had to refocus on certain things. I don't think necessarily going out and running. I mean, a lot of people went to the gym, right? So it didn't refocus them to not everyone. I mean, there were a lot of people that did, obviously. But I would say a lot of people just kind of closed themselves off and didn't do a lot of things socially or, you know, even for themselves. I mean, it was a very confusing time for people, I think. Oh, I think that it did, however, help people understand that they can take care of themselves virtually. And even, even like right now with the gas prices. So even people who are I'm in Long Beach, even in in the Valley, I'm like, I do everything virtually. They're like, oh, great. I don't have to drive and I don't have to pay the gas prices and all of, all of those things. So there's a lot of great benefit to doing things virtually. Convenience, convenience. Convenience and cost. And I, I think one of the big things with my work is 
the number one thing people say to me is that I've given them back their hope. And I mean, what can be better than that? I wake up every morning and somebody tells me that. But by doing these things, it builds up confidence so that you're basically, you know, fixing yourself. Yeah, convenience is, is part of it, but the confidence that it builds up that you can do it yourself and you don't have to then you can spend more of your day and your life exercising or doing activities that you know you want to do. And some people have been told that they they'll never be able to do that. Yeah. What is your take? I think we're going to get into the surgical part. You had mentioned how you help people recover, get healthier, heal without surgical. And is also your take to try certain things before even medicine? What? Let me ask you this: What is your personal take? And if I'm if I ask anything that you don't want to answer, please let me know. No, no, I'll answer. Thank you. What is your take on medicine, Advil? You know things like that. My take is: I think that medication and, and surgery should be. You know, if you can, surgery, that should be the last thing. Medication, sometimes, you know, when you're in an accident, I was in a motorcycle accident, you're going to have to take something to get through some of the pain. But for an ongoing treatment, it's horrible for your body. And so, like, you can hear uh, medication. Let's say it's a heartburn medication. <laughs> you see the advertisement on TV, right? And it says, oh, heartburn. And then the really quick words at the end are, well, it creates impotence, uh, diarrhea, nausea, uh, loss of eyesight, hair loss. Uh, you're like, I just wanted to get rid of some some heartburn. It's the side effects are worse than the thing you're trying to cure. It's crazy. And I, those commercials to this day boggle the shit out of me. It, it me as well. And so you have, you know, you're taking some medication, whether it's Advil or, or whatever it is. Then you have these side effects. Well, then your doctor or whoever is going to prescribe another medicine for that side effect. And then that medication has a side effect. So next thing you know, your entire medicine cabinet is full of stuff that all you were trying to do was get rid of the heartburn. You know, but there are situations that you need medication. Sure. You know, I, I think a lot of mental aspects, there's a chemical imbalance, and you should definitely try nutrition first and foremost. And hydration, rarely do people drink enough water. Oh, for sure. And the first thing the doctor gives you might not be the right thing. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to think about this, but I I don't think ongoing medication is the right way to deal with aches or pains for the most part. I don't know if I should ask this. I think I will, though. So being in California, we had Al Morenton, another Californian who owns a CBD company out there. He is a major advocate for like kind of what we're talking about, obviously for, you know, kind of going away from medicine, Advil, painkillers, things like that. But he's a major advocate for both CBD and, you know, marijuana legalization. Are you in that boat as well, if, if I may ask? Yes, I don't do either, but mm-hmm. I think that it should be a personal decision. And I think you should be able, I mean, if you can try it, a pharmaceutical, why can't you at least try a plant? A plant, right. And I have worked with CBD companies. I haven't found one that makes a huge difference, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it doesn't work for everybody. You know, right. you know, melatonin might work for me, but might not work for someone else. Smoking marijuana might help some people's anxiety, but it might not help mine. So I don't think that same medicine, just like my work, like everything is individualized. So just because 
one medicine or plant or whatever works for one person and it does it for another, that doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? No, that, that makes total sense. And, and even too, when you bring up melatonin, my thing on some of this stuff is regardless, even if it's natural, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. This is just a personal belief, but I do want to learn this. I feel like your body, caffeine, everything, right? Yeah. Your body gets, I don't want to say addicted, yeah. but your body gets used to it. So melatonin, I've read studies that... I'm not a fan of melatonin. I'm, I just use that as an example. No, I, I'm, I'm not either. And I'm going to tell you why personally. I've read that your body naturally creates melatonin, yes, right? It does. So when you're putting melatonin in your body, your body's telling itself, oh, well, I don't got to make it anymore. I agree with that completely. You know, so it's kind of like, and then back to even the Advil, my wife was telling me recently, and it's funny, we're having this conversation now, literally, I want to say, was it Friday night? We were going to go out and I was like, I'm going to take, you know, two or three Advil. I have a headache. She's like, well, you need to lay down then. I was like, wait, what? I'm not going to lie. At 42, I was under the impression it's going to take the headache away. She's like, no, homie, you're literally just, you're masking it. The headache is still there. Agree. She's like, but you're just not going to feel it. It doesn't go away. To your point, it's funny. You, she's saying, my poor wife said exactly what you just said. Drink water and lay down. Right. Lay down. You can put both legs up on like the couch or something. Lay there, breathe, drink some water. You're obviously not getting enough water. Like I said, most people don't get hydrated enough. And, and people don't understand how important that is. And they'll just, you know, kind of, oh, okay, yeah, I need to drink some more water. No, no, no. You really need to take notice because your body is two-thirds water. Right. Think, just let that like soak in. <laughs> two-thirds water. Driest spot on your body is your teeth, and it's still 7% water. So you could live 30 days without food. You live three days without water. It's wow. 10 times more important than food. That's crazy. Right? Yeah, that's insane when you put it that way. So let's switch gears a little bit. I want to bring you into kind of the running world a little bit. So I told you earlier, I ran three marathons and one triathlon. After being told that uh, running was uh, the problem and why I needed knee surgery, and I did not get knee surgery. So let's go there. Actually, you just, so let's go there. So let's, let's go into your running background. What happened and why were you told that? Can you start us off there? Yes. So I was always athletic. I lettered, I think, in every sport in high school except for golf. And then I went to the military and I was, I don't really like bragging about it, but I, I was the most awarded soldier in our battalion. Basically, I'd been to more schools and you know, went to ranger school and air assault and desert and jungle training in Panama, blah, blah, blah. So. That and I, you know, I started to break down my body a bit. And then when I went to, got out, I went to college and I was doing squats. And this was at USC in South Carolina. And I was doing squats. I got into it was cybergenics. It was the first time I really ever worked out. And I loved the workout, but I was doing squats and I heard something pop. And I was like, well, um, that's probably not good. So let me stop doing this. And I was going down the hallway to the locker room to get my stuff and go. Now, mind you, I just had my son. I was 22 years old. Wow. And I got about halfway down the hallway, and the pain hit me so hard, I was face down. Wow. And I could not move my legs. 
And if I moved my arms, the pain was just excruciating. And so I, it laid there. It probably wasn't that long, but it seemed like, you know, 15 minutes at least. And somebody finally came by and said, hey, are you okay? Like, uh, no. <laughs> Do people uh, usually just lay in the hallway? So they came, ambulance. They put me on one of those straight boards, and they strapped me down on the straight board back face up. And I remember getting into ambulance just thinking, you know, my life is over. I just had a son. I'm not going to be able to play with them. And the doctor shot me full of a bunch of drugs. They said, you're herniated to disc, but you should be okay. It impinged upon a nerve. And that's why, you know, you couldn't move your legs. Did bed rest for three days. And when I got up out of bed after three days, I looked like the hunchback in Notre Dame, bent way over and off to the side. And they told me to go to the chiropractor. So I did. And that, that helped a great deal for a while. And that was the really the only treatment that I would do. Then I went to college and I was on the rugby team and all this other stuff. But, you know, after that, my body just was killing me. Fast forward, I move out to California and I start working for this gentleman who kind of, I was accepted to PT school and chiropractic school. And then I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to be close to my son who was up in LA. And uh, I started working. And I remember standing behind one of the, uh, this is a long story, standing behind the therapist that was kind of guiding me through this whole thing. And he was changing this stuff on the computer that would look, you know, evaluating people's posture. And I remember standing behind him and quite frankly, saying to myself, I wonder how long I can keep this job before they realize I, there's no way I could ever do this. <laughs> so within, and then I, I had this injury, this knee injury, and it came back because I'd have, I'd had surgery in the military on my knee and it came back and I was like, Oh no, I'm going to get fired. And I gave you this routine about three or four exercises and I stood up and I could straighten my leg. And it was seemed fine. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to start learning what the heck's going on around here. Right. So it changed my whole philosophy and I decided not to go to PT school or chiropractic school and just to dive into this. But I did during that time with the knee, I did make an, I made an appointment and I'd got an MRI and I tore meniscus and I went to the surgeon and the surgeon, you know, said, well, we're going to have to get in there and clean it out. I go, you know, this was just done like two years ago. Why did it happen again? And he said, well, it's from running. And I said, well, that's interesting because I run with both knees, right? right. <laughs> both knees. Why does right. one hurt and the other one doesn't? So I decided not to get the surgery, obviously. And um, after that, a colleague who was a triathlete, I at the time was a gym rat and wasn't running at all. I was like, you could never bench 300 pounds. He's like, well, you could never run a marathon. I go, sign me up. And so he signed me up for the Catalina Marathon, which at the time was like one of the hardest ones, I think third hardest in the nation. And I, wow. didn't, I didn't know that. And I'd never been to Catalina. And I remember the first day that I started running with the, the lady I was dating at the time. She ran the same three-mile loop in La Jolla. And I'm like, well, let's start. So I couldn't finish the three-mile loop. That's how out of shape I was. Well. Fast forward, three months later, I completed the Catalina Marathon 
Then we did the San Diego before that. And then I did the, the Los Angeles one after that. And the Los Angeles one was on concrete and asphalt. And it was just so my everything ached and hurt after that. So I was like, okay, I checked that off my to-do list. I'm, I'm not doing any more of those. The point is, I didn't get surgery. And it wasn't from the run. It was from the dysfunctional movement patterns. Wow. And I got my opposite hip to come down and my feet running straight ahead and my knees looking straight ahead like headlights, my hips level, my shoulders level, everything moving. In unison. Fluent, fluently. Fluently. And I've never had knee problems since then. Would you recommend, have you ever done a gait analysis on your running style? I have not done a gait analysis on my running style, but part of my treatment is I evaluate people's posture, left, right, forward, back, and I evaluate their gait pattern. Right. Okay. So, you know, someone can walk across the room and I could probably tell them what hurts before they even tell me. And, And that's a long way from looking over the shoulder of the therapist going, oh my gosh. I'll never be able to do this, right? Mm-hmm. It's been quite a quite an adventure and a process, and just an amazing one. And you know, I'm able to help people that I I would have never thought that I could. Absolutely. I, I just want to ask too, because it seems, but it does seem like you just learned so much about the human body. Was it a lot of books? Was I know this is probably around the time internet's probably blowing up. Was it like, was it internet research books? Were you just consuming everything you could about the body, the tendons and everything? When I first started, this was in 92, my journey. And in 92, I don't know if I could spell internet. No, no, I don't think anyone could then. I learned by doing things and falling down and getting back up and knowing. Or I, I learned, like, in college, I could get a, a B in class, but in lab, it was an easy A because I could watch, and that's how I learned. Right. So by, by working at that, that facility in San Diego and getting all of these people in front of me, I could learn exactly what was going on. Now, one more thing. I did learn probably the most of what I do from a book called Posture and Pain, and it's written by Otis Kendall, and the original was written in 1949, and he did not treat symptoms. He would evaluate mm-hmm. people's posture and figure out what was tight and what was weak and address those things, and the result was, whether it was knee pain or neck pain, the symptom will go away if you get everything working the way it's supposed right. to, right? So rather than treating a symptom, like now, if you have knee pain, and then the doctor looks at the knee, they don't look at everything else, and then PT treats the knee, not everything else. Wow. So let me say why I said that. So guys, and we don't we don't do video, and we're going to maybe hopefully do some video highlights with, with you, especially, or like when we start doing, as we start growing the podcast. But guys, for those of you listening, Frank, you just said 92. Frank looks... Like I said, to me, Frank, I'm just going to guess. To me, you look like late 30s, early 40s. I'm 56. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? So that that when you said 92, that's when you got into this. That kind of told me your age. But you guys, if you're not watching us talk, because we are recording the video as we're talking, Frank, just you can tell he looks young for his age. He's got a lot of energy. Our pre-call was very energetic. Is there something? Is there diet? Is there something But behind that? I just get a vibe from you like you're a really energetic person. Have you just been like that all your life? 
I have been like that all my life, and thank you for noticing. I remember as a kid, my mom saying, no, tipping, tapping, thumping, bumping, huffing, puffing, because I was, you know, all over the place, and not to brag or anything, but I think when I look back on it now, like, I was bored. I already know all this, so I would be, like, trying to find some other, something else to do, and so, you know, nutrition and all that stuff. I think what we talked about earlier is if you can find something that you love to do and then figure out how to get paid for it, there's a lot less stress. My motto is if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And so I smile. My wrinkles are from smiling and laughing and having fun and doing what I enjoy in life. But I also have um, high cholesterol. So I tried, you know, when I was running the marathons and everything, my cholesterol maybe came down like two or three points. I did wow. a bodybuilding show in college. You know, it was 4% body fat. My cholesterol came down four or five points. And then I was like, all right, before I get on Lipitor, I'm going to try to do this. And I went vegan. So you can see I'm, I'm pretty lean already. I lost almost 40 pounds from this weight. Wow. So I went from 165 to one, almost 125. Oh, wow. Wow. And so I was gaunt and people would come up to me and say, oh my gosh, are you okay? I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? But then my hair started falling out and then I saw a picture of myself and I was like, I'm too hyper, so I couldn't eat enough food. I'm not banging and, and saying vegan doesn't work. I'm saying it doesn't work for me. Sure. So I think all of that, you know, the, the wheel of wellness has all of those things in, encompassing, right? Mm-hmm nutrition and hydration and the mental aspect, the physical aspect, all those things, the more you can work on all of it, the better. You remind me, I have a friend, don't know if I've shared this story yet, but I'll tell you, I have a friend who from Delaware, Philly area, he goes down, he gets a job offer to, and I don't want to name names. You'll know why in a second. He gets a job offer to a very, very, very high-end gym in Miami beach with athletes, celebrities, and prominent people, right? Right. And all these people are coming to him and saying, I got this movie. I'm, I play for the heat. I need to look jacked. I need to look ripped. I got to get stronger. And to your point, he's starting to try to get these people to look the way they want to look. But as he's telling them to do this, do that, people are grimacing. People are hurt. People are like not able to do the things. Right. And he, he goes to his boss. He's got kind of like you, he's got the physical training background from University of Delaware. Right. So he goes to his boss and he goes, listen, sir, I want to make you happy. I want to do what I'm told as a trainer here. But can I use some of my physical therapy background? Yeah, I got to get I got to get people right first before I have them curl 50 pound weights. Right. right, To go play for the Dolphins. I got to fix that elbow tendonitis. Uh, Agreed. And his boss was like, no, you got one job. You got to make these guys look as good as possible. Well, I don't want to judge, but I would say that is dumb. Well, no. And he realized, and this is what I give my friends. People get hurt by doing something, then they can't work out. Then what are they going to look like? So what my friend did and his name, I can say, and he, he would share this story with you, Edwin. What he did was he was like, look, no problem. Much respect to you and how you do your business. I'm quitting. Right. And the people that he's worked with and I I give him credit and I will give the gym owner credit because probably there's some non-competes with trainers and things like that. But they allowed him to take those clients and go and do whatever he wanted to do. Here's the crazy part. Yeah. 
all of those clients agreed with him, went with him, and he didn't lose a dime or money, and he really helped and got to their root causes. And you really remind me of him because you're like, look, yes, you want to work out. Yes, you want to do this, but I got to also fix these things too first. Right. I would, I would love to contact him and talk to him. We talked to a smidge earlier, and I told you that I, I uh, worked on or with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you call me stubborn or persistent or, or determined, but I tried to get to him for maybe uh, well, at least 10 years. Wow. And he had walked into the place where I had started. And, you know, like I was telling you, I watched people walk. And I could tell what's going on. And I saw him walk in to get this massage. And the massage guy was in the same office, you know, kind of thing, but in the, a different room. And I was like, well, um, how are you treating Kobe's uh, knee problem? He goes, oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm treating his shoulder. He doesn't have a knee problem. Well, if he'd never gone to Denver to get his knee fixed, he would not have, have gotten all, all that trouble. Right. So I saw that before I even had the knee problem. Wow. And oddly enough. Wait, wait, this was, hold on, this was before the Denver incident? Yeah, this is 2001. Wow. So you called it? Yeah. Just by seeing him walk? Yes. Oh my God. And wow. Might have been a little bit before that. The really crazy part is, is that the person I was working with at the time was uh, Jeff, the CEO of LinkedIn. Okay. So he was there in the hallway when I was talking to the massage therapist. So Jeff actually wrote me a little segment that I put in the letter to get to Kobe 10 years later because I had worked on Phil Jackson's kids Mm -hmm. and Phil Jackson's son-in-law got me Kobe's agent's email, who is Rob Palenka, who is now GM of the Lakers, (laughs) who I've been trying to send emails to. Anyway... When I got Rob's, when he was with Kobe, I just decided, you know, I didn't get any response. I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to keep sending these until they tell me to leave me alone, you stalker. Right. So after two months, I got a call and I I started working with Kobe. And it was mind blowing to me that he had about 50% range of motion. He, He was scheduled for knee surgery and he didn't have it. So a sec, a second one, a second time. Uh, it was like the fourth. A fourth? Wow. I think he'd had three or four before. Was I, this I, before? There was also, there was like a plasma procedure, right? That he did in like Germany or something? All kinds of information about that. Okay. Yes. The plasma guy paid him $30,000 to say I was getting plasma. So also A-Rod was getting so plasma. So hold on, real, real quick, time out on that. Because that did, because all news reports, and it makes sense if this was an ad, all news reports said this was age-breaking, successful plasma transfer surgery. Yes. Wow. So it basically was an ad, and he was paid to go undergo it. And I was told by Tim Grover, who was Kobe's personal trainer and Michael Jordan's personal trainer, Yep. I was like, you know, because Kobe's agent, Rob, said, well, you know, you, you can use Kobe. Da, da, da. It's going to cost you 30 grand to do that. And I'm like, that's just not my personality to to pay someone to, treat them. to say that I'm helping you. Right. you know? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I didn't do it. But Tim Grover, he's in Chicago. I was like, is it worth it? He goes, I don't know. It wasn't really for me. But in Los Angeles, it probably would be for you. I never did it. 
Kobe, it was amazing that he had about 50% range of motion in his hips and knees and was still better than everybody on the planet. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about like if he was 100% mentally or athletically that you take 50% of whatever it is that makes you great away yeah. and you're still better than everybody. I mean, it, no. just, that was mind blowing to me. And when I first started with him, the tightnesses in different areas, I, I was just blown away. I was like, you know, you have the great, all these great trainers. Well, the, but the trainers, when you think about it, they're more responsible for what happens after an injury. Mm-hmm. They're not doing enough pre-injury. Right. And, you know, and I've got pictures of Lakers and many different other teams doing these stretches. And the, it's they're not doing any of them correctly, first of all. But And not everybody needs the same ones at the same time. That's where it gets weird, right? But how do you give, let's say, Kobe, $40 million a year? So let's say you buy a $40 million home. And you're like, well, I'm not going to get rid of all this dead grass and shrubs around the house. You know, who cares? <laughs> right? You're not going to do things before it happens. But after the thing catches fire and burns down, you're like, well, all right, yeah. let me just write a check for whatever. I mean, it's, I, I, to me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, you hear the stories, LeBron, right? LeBron, yeah. it's either 1 million or 10 million or Russell Wilson, even like they spend millions of dollars on their health, right? They have a, a chef, they yeah. have a dietitian. they have part of, I think I, I've got to assume LeBron's longevity. I'm a Michael Jordan guy. I grew up a Michael Jordan guy. I I'm, became a Larry, a, I'm a Larry Bird guy. Okay. I became a Kobe guy because he basically emulated Michael Jordan. So I kind of became a Kobe guy, but I have to say as much as I want to always sit there and say, Mike was better than LeBron, but you have to give LeBron credit on him. What is he almost, almost I'm 42. I think he's 38, 37. And the guy is still flying. I think he's 38. Yeah. He's like flying sky high for dunks and just you're in LA just the other night, two back to back 50 point games. Well, no, there was a loss in between there. They lost to Houston, the worst team in the league. But yeah, he scored 56 and then 50. Yeah. And at 38, you know, let's bring it a little bit back to running though, too. So, and I'll use myself as an example. What is your thought on this? The big running meme and the big running joke is stretching, right? I personally, and you can yell at me. I hope you don't. I don't stretch before long or short runs. I don't stretch. Am I, am I in for a world of trouble soon? I feel like I just get loose on the road, right? Am I in for a world of hurting soon? Do you brush your teeth? Every day, two times a day. Okay, so why not stretch? I'm fearful of this answer, but yeah, no, you're right. Well, let's just kind of, you know, put it in that same situation, right? Stretching, and it's not just stretching. You know, don't think that my program is like just stretching because you could just buy a stretching book and then just stretch, but that won't work. Right. Things get tight because typically because the antagonistic or the opposite muscle. So like bicep, tricep are antagonistic muscle groups. So one side will get tight because the other one is weak. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the tight things, the weak things have to be fixed. The tight things have to be fixed. And there has to be a balance on both sides. Otherwise, there's more tension on one side of the joint than the other, which means Mm -hmm. there's going to be more wear and tear on the cartilage things like that. It doesn't just happen, like, let's say where a symptom is, you know, because when you take a step or when you're running and you take a step with your right foot, your left arm swings. 
So there's a whole chain of events that are supposed to happen up through that, like a wave, like, and then yeah. down through the other side. So if you go out to your car and you just, uh, let's say, loosen one link of something, you know, something's going to break down eventually, right? Yeah. And yeah. so no, tell me no. what happens in, you know, because it's a chain of events that happens. So think about the wow. chain. Sometimes that's easier to handle. But if you are not doing something like brushing your teeth, something's going to break down. And yeah. so if you're not doing something to balance out your body front, back, left, right, then something is going to happen eventually. And same same goes for at the end, right? Recovery, foam rolling. Are you a foam rolling person? Are you big into recovery techniques? What's your thoughts there? I typically give people at the end, you know, after they're out of pain, what I call is a pre and a post. So it's about five things to do right before and five things to do right after. As far as foam rollers and stuff like that, anything that gives you some immediate temporary relief, just do it. But also understand that you have to do something for the muscle because we are, we're a moving machine all the time mm -hmm. moving. So laying down on the roller, it's going to help, but it's not going to get you moving the right way. You know, when you stand mm -hmm. up and you're vertically loaded, gravity's tugging on different spots. So mm -hmm. all of those muscles that were tight while you're rolling are probably going to get tight again. So then you're going to re-roll it and re-roll it and re-roll it. So that brings it. So that's kind of that massage therapy. And I'm with you. I think like, I feel like it's funny you say that. I feel like even massages, right? Like I, right. I hate going for massages. I love getting the massage at the moment, but right. then I feel like two days later, you're kind of sometimes worse off. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Right. But yeah. It makes sense because there's a thing called stretch reflex, where right. if you if you stretch a muscle out too aggressively, like I said, there's why is this tight? Something else is weak. So you stretch this out really aggressively, it can reflex back shorter wow. than what you started because there's a trust, you know, a trust thing going on in your body. Like all relationships, right. relationships are <laughs> all over the place in your body. And yeah. one side has to trust the other is going to do some work in order for it to relax, just like a relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the best way to explain that. And then let me ask you this, though, on the flip side of massage therapy, and we could talk about foam, what's your thought on chiropractors and some of those things are, I've always been fearful personally of seeing neck snap and chiropractic things. What's your thought about a chiropractor? Well, different things. I think chiropractic right after an accident whether it's an auto accident or you know you crashed on your bike or you tripped while you're running or something like that and something is you know feels really wonky in your neck or your low back i think that's a great time to get an adjustment because they'll okay. it can get you back really quick to back to where you were at least right mm -hmm. now as an ongoing treatment plan, I don't agree with it at all. Yeah, because there's people that go like once every two weeks, twice, you know what I mean? Like there's people go a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. So what I would say, because I did that, I did that from the age of 22 to 27, you know, a couple of times a week after rugby or lifting or doing all these things. And my thought now is, if you take your car to the mechanic mm -hmm. 
and you're going to get your brakes fixed, right? And he installs new brakes, gets everything lined up, right, ready to go. And you come to pick it up. And oh, they're going to say something else is wrong. No. They're okay. going to say, no. Well, they probably are. But don't mess up my analogy. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I messed it up. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that happens all the time. You're right. You're like, oh, and by the way, I get it. They get it as an upsell. But what I was trying to present is when you go, they say everything's realigned, everything's fixed. Da, da, da. You come and pick up the car. They say that to you. And when you're about to leave, they say, what? Well, by the way, you're going to have to bring that car back in twice a week forever. What would you say? You'd be like, this is the worst mechanic ever, right? If somebody's saying, I need to keep working on you, like they're not getting you well. Right. You're just being worked on. That to a lot of people, when you're ready to get well instead of getting worked on, I'm your guy. Well, and, and I hope he doesn't kill me for this. The same gentleman we talked about, my friend, for physical therapy. One of the reasons he left physical therapy and wanted to go more into personal training from physical therapy was he was saying, like, same thing as you just said, a person in an accident, right? right. Or a person just had a, a hip replacement or a knee replacement. They're coming in for physical therapy, but the physical therapy franchise is trying to keep this person as long as possible, you know, to collect Right. their fee, right? The, one of the reasons I threw out that mechanic come back and, oh, I know you wanted your brakes fixed, but now you need an alignment. Now you need an oil change. Yeah. It's what I think people always need to remember. Listen, it's okay to get advice from you, from me. It's right. okay to get advice from anybody, right? But I think always, I personally will tell anyone, and this is just know it, there's always a business at play with everyone, right? Like I do try my best at least to let everyone know, look, I'm going to provide you this podcast for free. I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, provide content, help 6AM run community, learn. I love what I do, right. but I also never want it to be a secret. If 6AM run, we don't, you know, our products that again are great products and we put a lot of time and effort into it, but that's, that's what pays all of our bills to do all of this right? There's no secret there. I always try to be transparent with everyone, but I think you always have to take into consideration kind of what we're talking about now. There's always a business side of everything. Nobody is, I think, always, maybe some people are, and I shouldn't say this, but it's like, I just have always been, and, and this is maybe a me problem, a me issue. I've just always been very doubtful who's genuine and who's not. And that, that's just and your story. And, and even when you talk about that, and then I remember, like I said, my buddy telling me about physical therapy places, it just creates more doubt in me. And I, and I hate that it's like that, but uh, sorry, I went off on a little tangent. There, no, but. I, I have so much to say about that. I will say I, I agree 99% of that. The part I don't agree with is I see people once a week for eight weeks and then I don't see them. Right. If they continue to do their stuff. Now, I didn't mm -hmm. see a patient, actually saw her the second time today, but starting last week, who I had seen two years earlier. And she had a compression fracture in her spine. And, you know, doctors were telling her she had to have surgery and maybe rods and blah, blah, blah. And she didn't get any of it. Well, now I was up to, I just happened to be updating my computer stuff and reached out and she says, oh my gosh, I have another compression fracture yada, yada, yada. I was like, well, when was the last time you did your exercises that I you know, gave you before right. consistently? She's like, well, when was the last time I saw you? 
<laughs> so if you can brush your teeth and you could take 20 minutes out and do these do your things, homework. then yeah. you can stay that. Now, that being said, I, I'm thinking about doing a, a membership program to keep people going uh, at a much you know discounted cost. But I have a horrible business plan. Everyone gets well. Well, here's my thing. I've always said this. I will tell you this, and my daughter goes to these. I don't think you need, in, in today's day and age, right? Technically speaking, I don't think you need a personal trainer in today's day and age, right? Everything is available. Every workout technique, if you want bigger arms, if you want you know, to lose weight, if you want whatever you want, right? That information, tonal, these Pelotons, right? Like you don't need to go to a bike or spin class anymore, right? Like you can buy one Peloton once and then just pay a $9.99 subscription and do it at home, right? But I'll tell you this, why I think personal trainers are actually important. My daughter goes to a trainer for basketball. It's the aspect of, I want to say this, and maybe I'm wrong in the way I'm saying it, but it's a hype man, right? Like they gas you up. A personal trainer is going to be the person who's going to say, get that last rep in. And also too, I think a personal trainer, I've seen a lot of situations where they're almost like psychologists, best friends, you can go, you can talk to them while you're doing it, right? Like for that purpose alone, I don't think personal trainers ever go out of business. Now, what they're actually teaching you and showing you to do, you know, I taught myself how to swing a golf club through YouTube. You know what I mean? I didn't go pay a country club trainer $100 an hour. Right. But well, again, where I'll say, my, even I see it for my daughter, she loves her trainer. She'll run through a wall for him because he's gassed her up. He's motivated her. And that an app's not going to do that. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree with that. I tell people, and this is how I'm thinking about making sure people continue to do their things, uh, what I'm at least initially calling a maintenance program, Yeah, is that... You're not going to the personal trainer for him to count to 10 while you're doing bicep curls. No. You're going to a personal trainer because you have an appointment to go do those bicep curls. And that, and that too, fact. That's the main thing. And then, you know, of course, people that you're interacting with, whether you're going on a, a group run or run with a friend, you're interacting and you're probably talking about, you know, your week and how it was up or down or sideways or whatever. So there is the, the social aspect. And mm-hmm. with that comes the psychological aspect that you're able to release some of that stuff as you're also getting endorphins pumped into your body. Mm-hmm. So when you leave, you feel so much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, and not your friend and, and not all personal trainers, but I don't, I can't even go to the gym now because they're t- showing people how to do things wrong and you know, you can go to a two-day workshop and get a certification and start training people. I just don't think that's... No, that's what I'm saying. I think you just have to, in that essence, like you have to... Look upon what's right for you. Right. Absolutely. And and no, and, and again, like I'll say to that point, I really stopped gyms when the pandemic hit. I used to do, I bought my own treadmill, but I used to, in winter, I hate running outside in the cold. I sometimes joke, maybe I'm not a real runner, but our audience has been very supportive of me. I don't like to run in the freezing cold weather. I just don't like it. Where are you located? Outside Philadelphia in Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, okay. I'm in Wilmington, California right now. <laughs> It's like we're twins, <laughs> right? And here's the funny thing. I would be on the treadmill for like an hour at the gym when I used to more go in the gym in the winter and run. And it's funny to me 
And I would see like a person with the same trainer. I run five days a week at that gym, right? And I'd see this person come Monday, Wednesday, Fridays with this trainer. Right. And I'd be like to myself, like three months later, I'm doing the same thing. And I'd, I'd look at the person and I'd be like, I've watched this guy with this trainer now for three months and the dude still looks the same. Yeah. And some people need a friend. Well, no. that or, and he's probably also not doing the work at home. Like he's probably not doing the diet. I'm not going to sit here and blame the trainer either. No, like, no, let me, no. There's a lot of different things. Yeah. Right. He's probably not home doing the work and, and there's a lot of factors, but I will just say, I don't know. In my mind, I was always like, man, I think that 50, hundred bucks an hour, that guy's just throwing money away when, Hey, give it to me. I'll, I have better use for that 300 a week. You know what I mean? That's true. But also like the, the mental aspect, maybe, sure. he, maybe that person just, Found somebody that he can be a friend with for whatever. Right. Blah, blah, Yeah, blah. no. You just never know. There's so many different things and variables. No. Well, I'll tell you this. A funny thing my friend also told me before he left for Miami when he was doing a lot up here. He said, Hami, and Delaware is pretty small. He was like, I can probably tell you every piece of gossip that maybe not a lot of people know. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was like, everyone, he's like, everyone unfortunately shares everything with me. Yeah, well, that happens too. Is because at least with my work, it's very intimate. Um, yeah. You know, you're opening up and exposing and, and people change mentally, sometimes maybe more than physically as they go through their aches and pains. Well, you mentioned something and, and we can kind of end. I, I want to make sure we get all your information out to our audience. We will put it in the bio, but let me say one thing. I think one thing you mentioned, and I came from a corporate job. I used to work for a credit card company here in Delaware. And, you know, Delaware is great for all the LLCs, banks. Facebook is, you know, located. Uh, Meta is located here. LLC, right? You mentioned something. What I think is amazing about what you and I do there's a gratification, right? When someone yes. comes to me and says, Hami, your amino acids yes. help me so I can run seven days a week. Someone does your eight-week program and they yes. never see you again, and they but they do email you or let you know, like, hey, Frank, you're a savior to me, right? right. I think what, I don't know how I want to say this, but, but bear with me. Yeah. There's very few people, there's your parents, there's your wife or spouse, there's your brother, your sister. There's very few people who you know love you that maybe do some things for you out of love, right? What you do for people is almost on that level. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate that a great deal. I don't even know how to respond to that. I'm, I'm humble. But to that point of where you say there's some intimacy and, and you, they're yeah. vulnerable, right? They really feel like you, not even feel, they view Frank as someone who really improved. I think when you give someone improvement of quality of life, yeah. it's truly, and we were just talking about that personal trainer being 50 or hundred bucks an hour. If you truly improve someone's quality of life, I think that's in, what's the word I'm looking for? Money can't measure that. Yes, that's correct. That's how I kind of began this. I said that the number one thing I hear is patients say, you've given me my hope back. That's like, it's mind blowing. Like yeah. I get to wake up and hear that every day. This is the greatest job ever. Yeah. And again, and, and that's where I would, I'll always recommend to people who want to be entrepreneurs, who want to get into something themselves. Look, there's people, and, and my wife and I talk about this all the time. There's nine to five people. There's every person has to yeah. find what's right for them, right. right? Some people love just doing their tasks. Absolutely. I was not happy, you know, in corporate world. I, 
did not get any fulfillment, right? Yes, yeah. credit cards allow people to purchase things maybe they otherwise couldn't, you yeah. know, great. And, and But I wasn't seeing that, right? Like I didn't get to see the customer. So anyway, so I'll stop my tangent, but I feel like what you do is amazing and, and, and I want to make sure people can get a hold of you, but go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I think, I think that being said, like what your job, you were probably feeling like you, know, you were just following someone else doing whatever, da, 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 rather than being a leader and, you know, doing what you're doing now, inspiring other people. And yeah. my, one of my quotes, I love quotes all the time, is that if you're not the lead dog, your view is always the same. Yeah. Now let that sink in because your view is a, a butthole. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You were really gracious with your time. I want to make sure we kind of close your site. You have some programs. We will put everything in the bio. Okay. Frank, I'd also love you to possibly be able to maybe write out some things we can put in our email list, which is a little bit of a bigger audience. Love to do it. How can people get a hold of you? What do you have any information out there people can also access? How can people get a hold of you? Well, the number one thing I would say is Titus Motion Therapy. That's T-I-T-U-S and then Motion Therapy. People don't understand I've spelled Titus all the time. So I always say Titus, T-I-T-U-S and then motiontherapy.com. Mm-hmm. And you can go directly to the website and there's testimonial videos and inspirational stories and blogs. And um, there's a couple podcasts, I believe, on there. The other way is just to simply call. I mean, I love what I do. I go sailing quite often, but my phone number is 310-753-2011. And that's my home office and my cell number. Anytime, text is always the best, but uh, give me a call and I will always return a call. Wow, that's awesome. No, we'll put, uh, if you're okay with it, we'll put everything in the bio. Yeah, And that that's awesome. And real quick, last question on that. We talked about, I think we already said this, I'm repeating it, but anywhere in the country, right? Zoom, you can yes. really see, you can see anyone. I, like I said, I've on people in six continents, 22 countries. It's unbelievable what I'm able to do. And if you ever want to do a part two to this, please uh, reach out. No. So that's part of what, as we're, this is new for us and we'll close on that. I mean, guys, if you guys have questions, some of the guests and Frank, you're hearing this for the first time as I'm saying it, but guys, what I'd love is I'm sure as these episodes start launching, maybe there might be questions. Obviously, as Frank just said, go ahead and contact him directly. But if I start getting a lot of the questions, I'm thinking like, you know, either three, four, six months from now, I'll tell you right now, Frank, this is one of my favorite shows so far. I I learned a lot. I'm going to try to change a lot of my habits. I have some personal questions. I'll email you on the side, but guys, yeah, if you guys can't reach out to him, to Frank, to your answer, maybe like three to six months from now, definitely. I think a follow-up is needed. I think there's some things we didn't touch on. So absolutely. And let's continue to get your message out there. So uh, with that, any last words, Frank, everything else good? No, everything was great. I loved every minute of it. And I will uh, hopefully talk to some of your listeners and talk to you as well soon. Yes. All right, everyone. Again, thank you for listening. Anyone that ran the full hour, listen to, you know, and is driving, whatever you're doing. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Frank Titus, thank you again. TitusMotionTherapy.com. We'll put everything out there. Thank you, everyone who's been part of these podcasts. Thank you, guys. <laughs>